presented by Syntax Advisors. Welcome to ETF TV, your insight into the world of exchange-traded funds, issuers, and investments. I'm Margareta Harikova, and joining me today is Salim Ramji, Global Head of ETFs and Index Investments at BlackRock, and Deborah Fer. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Margarita. Thanks for having me, Deborah. Thank you. Salim, can you briefly describe your role and the path that took you to that role? I run our ETF and index investing business here at BlackRock. And the ETFs are probably the most prominent part. It's iShares. It's you know, the market leader in the ETF business. But there's an equal size business, which is actually how we got started in indexing you know, way back 50 years ago, which is all of our institutional clients, big pension funds, endowments, even mutual funds that use indexation as its underlying wrapper. And so combined, those two areas really serve the needs of about 120 million investors all around the world. I've been in this role for about three years now. Before this, I led our U.S. wealth area, which was really the area within BlackRock that caters to all the financial advisors and all the big self-directed platforms or platforms that serve the needs of financial advisors. And one of my first jobs when I'd taken on that responsibility was bringing together our iShares sales team and our active sales team into a combined team, which was really looking at a wealth advisor's overall portfolio. And wealth advisors really became the most significant segment within iShares during kind of this period. And so it was then a natural progression to move into ETFs and indexation much more broadly and cater to a lot of different segments all over the world. When we think about 2021, it was a record year for the ETF industry globally in the U.S. and in most geographies. For you, what were the highlights? People will look back at 2021, not just for the extraordinary flows. I think there was well over $1.2 trillion that came into ETFs. You know, we ourselves have just over $300 billion coming into our ETFs. But I think it will really be the year in which the ETF became the default investment vehicle for the 21st century. You know, the mutual fund's almost 100 years old, and I think that was really the default investment vehicle for the 20th century. What really struck me was not just the size of the flows last year, but the diversity underneath it. Within there, you had active ETFs. You had active managers and index managers converting or redirecting their mutual funds into ETFs. In what was a pretty trying year for fixed income markets, you still had over $270 billion come into fixed income ETFs, including 80 into ours, and haven't even gotten into sustainable investing. I think the ETF wrapper is really stretching to wrap all kinds of transparent rules-based investing, even those that aren't traditional market cap weighted indices, or even those that aren't even indices at all, but are active management. I think that was the real pivot point that I think we'll look back on two, three, four years from now. What is your outlook for 2022 in terms of the asset management industry and ETFs? Biggest on everyone's mind is obviously inflation. It's obviously elevated. It's going to stay elevated for a while, but I don't think it's going to be looking like the 1970s or the early 1980s. And there are ways, whether it's through tips, whether it's through commodities, whether it's through real estate infrastructure, really just to build inflation protection into our portfolio. I think the second thing we're really seeing is a reduction in barriers to ETF investing writ large. And so we'll certainly see it in the movement towards fee-based amongst financial advisors, but you can also see it in the reduction of commissions 
essentially down to zero across all self-directed and many individual investment platforms. One thing that we've seen is that when the barriers are reduced, whether it's commissions for ETFs or whether it's an incentive barrier that an advisor now is much more of a fiduciary and is very much focused on kind of the overall client interest, that's been great for ETF investors. And it's been a real boon to some of the growth that we saw in 2021. It's what makes us optimistic about the growth in 2022 and 2023. And it just provides clients a whole degree of choice for how they can invest with a level playing field. That's great. So we know the ETF industry now has over $10 trillion, about 10,000 products with about 20,000 listings, 596 providers in 62 countries. What do you see as the biggest opportunities in terms of products? I almost don't look at it so much from a product point of view as a client segment opportunity. I mean, those are some staggering numbers that you cited. And the great thing about that is just the incredible choice that's in there. I mean, we've got 1,200 of those ETFs ourselves. And so we're big advocates for the type of choice. But when you think about the clients, it ranges from the first-time investor And so we've seen 40 million people all around the world open up their first investment accounts since the pandemic began. And if you go to the other end of the spectrum, some of the most sophisticated investors in the world are also using ETFs to improve their investment process. Eight of the 10 largest active managers in the United States are using ETFs and particularly our bond ETFs to improve their investment process, to improve liquidity, to improve price discovery, to reduce their transaction costs. And so you have this incredible effect where everyone from the first time investor, you know, putting $100 or 100 euros to work for the first time to the most sophisticated fixed income managers in the world are each using ETFs, albeit for different purposes. And so it's through unlocking all of these new use cases that I think fills us full of optimism about, you know, why those numbers that you cited can even get bigger over the next five years and 10 years. And what are your thoughts on the use of model portfolios? Model portfolios have been a big way in which we've been growing iShares. Within the U.S., it was about a third of our flows. Just a year or two ago, we expected that's going to be half of our flows. Because what we found is that if the client's ultimately focused on what's their portfolio return, what's the probability they're going to get the return and how much you're going to charge them, then their advisor or you know they themselves in a self-directed kind of platform can then assemble the different underlying pieces. More often than not, they assemble with ETFs for asset allocation or ESG tilts or fixed income. But I think models have become a really, really important part of the system. The model ecosystem is itself close to a $5 trillion system just here in the United States. And I think ETFs have a really important role to play in helping advisors customize and helping individuals kind of build those models. And do you have any sense of what type of return expectations investors should be looking at for 2022? 2021 was an extraordinary year, particularly in the equity markets, a difficult year in the bond markets. And, you know, we publish very regularly, including our latest BlackRock Investment Institute, return estimates across different asset classes. And so I'd refer you to that for the detailed answer. But the short answer is it always pays to stay invested and it always pays to stay invested in a diversified way. With the tick-ups in inflation that we've seen, what we know for sure is that cash isn't a great investment. (laughs) But I think for investors that are able to take a longer-term view of things, the ability to stay invested in the market in a diversified way, I think is the best way to build long-term wealth. 
That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Debbie, can you tell us about some of the other news in the ETF industry? Last week, we saw 26 new listings. Uniquely, it was one product per issuer. So 26 issuers brought products to market, and there was only one cross-listing. Six of the new products were from the U.S., two were Europe, and 18 were from Asia-Pacific. The number of new listings last year were 1,815, which is up significantly from 2020 when it was 1,090. In terms of cross-listings, also a huge increase. So 2010, up from 1,108 in 2020. We saw the most significant numbers of new products coming out as thematics, ESG, and active ETFs. We'll dive into more details next week when we'll have some insight into the amount of net inflows, which we already know is over $1.2 trillion. We know assets have gone up above $10 trillion, but we'll have more details to share with you then. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you again to Salim for joining us and to our sponsors, Index Advisors, and to all of you for watching. To watch prior episodes and to see news from the ETF industry, visit us at etftv.net. Thank you. ETF TV News does not provide investment advice nor recommend products.